Hi, this is Tempter Podcast, where we discuss embedded Linux, IoT development, and anything else we might find interesting. Your hosts are Kim and uh, Cliff Break today. And um, hi, Cliff, how are you doing? Real good. How about you, Kim? I'm doing very well. Thank you very much. So uh, today we are going to uh, have a very interesting topic. And, uh, you know, everybody talks about web technologies and, uh, you know, they have had different experiences. Uh, today we would uh, talk about Elm and uh, we like computer languages and infrastructures uh, quite a lot. And we found uh, using them in various situations. So uh, uh, today uh, our experiences and our um, readings of what Elm can offer and uh, how um, Elm was used in, in real life uh, products. So we'll go over that. Um, and uh, Cliff, uh, uh, what's Elm? Yeah, Elm is a is a programming language for the front end, or in other words, it, it compiles to run in, in a browser. So Elm is a functional language. It's a pure functional language, uh, similar to Haskell in some ways, but much simpler. And then it compiles to JavaScript. And then you would load this JavaScript bundle from an HTML page, and it would handle a lot of the logic and actually actually do do the rendering as well you would um, use elm to handle your logic and, and also to render uh, html elements in your web page mm -hmm. so so that's what it is in a nutshell it's mm -hmm. um very similar to uh react from facebook if if you're familiar with that project so it's it's kind of a alternative to react if you will mm -hmm. right so i think you mentioned react and i believe you know there are other options out there um, that could be used uh, as well. So um, why would one use Elm? Yeah, so I, I've tried several things over, over, over the years. And to start with, I'm not a front-end expert. You know, I, I'm looking for solutions that are simple. And I, I spend a lot of time in, in system software, some time in hardware, um, a, lot of, a lot of time writing applications. So I, I don't really have have the bandwidth to be a front end expert. So I, I'm I'm always looking for something that's simple, and that I can get my job done with with the least amount of pain. So I years years ago, pretty much it was just like uh, jQuery, and you know that was kind of the bleeding edge. And then Angular came out, and that was that was kind of the new thing. And then uh, React came out, and that was, was a little different, and I, I liked it a little better than Angular. But, you know, as, as these progressive technologies came out, they also brought a number of problems with them. Just, just the fact with JavaScript, you know, it's a dynamically typed language, and it's pretty easy to get into a situation where you have undefined variables or, or things that, that aren't populated, and it ends up your program crashes in the browser and typically the symptom of this is just that it quits working and and for the user that's that's very bad you know you you have your program and it just quits responding mm -hmm. and you know there's there's ways to handle that but it, it it all gets very complex so elm takes a different approach you you write your program in a pure functional language that 
compiles down to JavaScript. So if you can get the thing to compile, it, one of the things they say about Elm is no runtime exceptions. And the idea is if, if you can get your program to compile, the compiler does a lot of checking and, and pretty much guarantees that your, your program won't have runtime exceptions in the browser. So there's probably several things we should talk about, but that's that's kind of the main benefit of Elm that, that they sell. But a mm -hmm. uh, couple, couple other dimensions to Elm are just its simplicity and also efficiency. But so we can pull those in at, those topics in at any time. But mm -hmm. um, so uh, speaking of um, you know why we should use Elm, um, and you know you described some of the use cases that. Uh, in my mind, fit very well into, say, a front-end programming uh, language. And so can we kind of say, you know, Elm is a uh, is, is advantageous in a front-end programming and um, it is not useful, say, for doing something um, on the middleware or other areas? Or uh, So what I'm trying to ask is why, sh why shouldn't we use Elm? Yeah, so so Elm is definitely targeted to the front end. The the authors have have made no no significant attempt to to make it usable for back end programs, and a lot a lot of people have asked for that, and some other people have tried it. And you know there there are ways to wrap Elm and Node.js, and people have done that to run some tools like some. Some of the tooling they would write it in Elm and then wrap it in Node.js so that you can write your tooling in Elm. But as far as like a full stack solution where you can use Elm on the back end and front end, it, it doesn't really exist. So Elm is is really targeted to the front end, and they've they've put all their effort into making sure that works really well. And I, I think it's I think it's worked out well. You know, it's it's hard to do everything well, and Elm Elm does front-end programming very well. A functional language seems to be a good fit for the front-end where you have a lot of complex structure mm -hmm. and a lot of complex state. And it seems to be a different type of problem than back-end programming. So it, it's, it's, um, so it's definitely something I would recommend for the front-end, but not necessarily for anything else right now. Mm -hmm. So you mentioned about functional programming languages and I think it's it's a new paradigm for you know it's a new way of basically thinking uh, your algorithms so it's not only you know a syntax so to speak but it's also how you you know divide the problem down into a solvable units and how you approach uh, solving the problem so I, I think that Elm is is definitely following the functional uh, language paradigm as well so could you talk about the you know the functional language uh, aspects of Elm and how it is helpful for, um, you know, the Elm and the area it is targeting? Yeah, functional programming is, is kind of interesting. This has been my first real experience with functional programming. Mm -hmm. And what we mean by functional programming is it's different than procedural programming. You know, it's different than C programming. So there is a, a distinction there. And functional programming, uh, some of the aspects of Elm anyway, I don't have experience in other languages, but all data is immutable. So you can't ever modify the, the value of a variable. You can only pass it to a function and create a new, a new variable. So that takes a little bit of getting used to. 
and mm -hmm. some some other features of functional programming that are a little different. There, there's very advanced techniques for combining functions. So you can partially spe specify a function and that creates a function that you can then, I think they call it curing. But anyway, I'm, I'm no expert at all this. I, I just know enough to use it. Mm -hmm. um, but it, in the end, what functional programming gives you is a very controlled way to write your programs. And it's very it's a very strict way, but it also makes kind of guides you into writing, doing things correctly. Mm -hmm. And it makes your programs easier to reason about in the end. Right. So it, it takes a lot more work to, to kind of get your program written, especially before you have some experience. But once, once you get there, the result is very maintainable, very clean. Mm -hmm. And I, I've seen so, several quotes, you know, where people say that once they started functional programming, it, you know, programming was fun again. So mm -hmm. it's, it's definitely a different paradigm. It has a pretty, pretty good learning curve, mm -hmm. but I think it's worth learning. A lot of people have recommended that programmers learn a functional language, and I believe Elm is probably the simplest functional language you can find, and it's it's a good way to learn functional programming. That's interesting. So um, what I see is I, I completely concur with you here, and in my mind, functional programming paradigm is also how a human brain thinks okay uh, so interesting um, i think we don't think in loops right so we basically the the fact that data is what is being uh, your core is immutable you know you have properties on data and then functions are applied onto it is completely reversal of say you know the other programming models where you pass data to the functions, right? And then functions operate on it and data changes on the other side. In this case, you apply functions to data. So what happens is, you know, if you think in that way, then, you know, our brains perform much better in solve, in creating the solutions rather than, um, you know, as, as I was saying earlier, thinking in loops, for example, because, you know, that's not how our brains are wired. We think abstract abstract thinking is more about how it is at abstract point uh, and that is where our human brains excel and and i think that it really helps that if there is something like functional language to solve that in and represent that into the, to the computer so i think elm uh, definitely that the kind of like um, catches my interest from functional aspects of uh, you know feature implementations and what features do you think are compelling that you used um, so far? I, in a moment, we'll come down to you know the the projects where it was used. But um, if you were to kind of recommend it to someone, what were like those perhaps one or two features that caught your eye and you really enjoyed uh, learning them and using them? Yeah. So what one thing I've I've been using is is a is a package named Elm UI for Elm mm -hmm. and. And this this is a really a phenomenal package. It, it's really amazing, and it it kind of replaces HTML and CSS with some some new constructs that are very flexible for laying out and styling your your content. And and this sounds pretty scary. I mean, it's generally a bad idea to stray from well established patterns, but in this case, it it really works well. And if again, I, I'm I'm not a front end expert, and CSS is pretty hard, if if you've ever played with that. Mm -hmm. So Elm UI, it's very powerful, but yet it's very simple. And um, 
you know, the features of Elm where you can write code and it, it always does what it should and you can refactor it and you can handle very complex uh, UIs. And then with Elm UI, which gives you a toolkit to, to actually lay out your content and style it in a sane way, it's been really nice. I, I can't say enough good things about the combination mm -hmm. of those two. All right. So I think that's really a cool tip. So there is, um, you know, SPA, the single page apps, um, you know, which is quite uh, prevalent these days, or at least, you know, um, is quite quite used. And I know that uh, you have talked about it in on several occasions. Um, so why do we want to use uh, single page apps? And um, what are the, you know, upsides and downsides of, uh, you know, single page apps? That's an excellent question and a hard one to answer because some of the smartest people in the industry and, and well-known really recommend against single-page apps, really you know, mm -hmm. think that we should continue to render pages on the server mm -hmm. and then just sprinkle in a little JavaScript where needed instead of uh, downloading the entire app as one bundle. So actually to back up a little bit, a single-page app is, is kind of a standalone front-end application that just makes... API calls to the back end to get content. Mm -hmm. But the entire app is, is actually bundled and downloaded when you load the page. Mm -hmm. So one of the objections of that is when you download the entire app, you're downloading every page in one bundle. Right. And, you know, that could be a little bit scary and that, that's, that's a lot of data. But in practice, what I found is Elm is, is so efficient and it compiles down to such a small bundle that you can... I mean, you can write lots and lots of front-end pages and logic, and, and you're still under, you know, you're still under a couple hundred K or something. So, mm -hmm. you know, unless you're designing a huge site, maybe like an enterprise uh, something or other, you know, that has 500 different pages, you know, this this probably isn't a concern for the average project where the whole thing might have a, a dozen pages or something. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so then as you think about a single page app, you know, if you look at a, at a traditional templating language where you have HTML and then sprinkled in that, you might have PHP or, or some other templating code. You know, specifying for loops is, is really kind of clunky. And the, the programming part of a, of a, te of a templating language is, is really kind of a second class citizen. Hmm. And that's kind of where React was revolutionary. It kind of put the HTML in the JavaScript instead of the JavaScript in the HTML. It kind of reversed that paradigm. So then it became more natural to treat your, your web page more as a program rather than a template with a little bit of logic. Like and then Elm form. takes yeah. Yeah, right. So then Elm takes it even further in that there's really no difference between your code that your you know your logic code and then your code that actually creates visual elements mm -hmm. you know it's all just kind of the same thing and it I, I believe it's it's just a lot more natural and powerful experience to actually be writing all that in one unified program versus trying to mix all these technologies like html and css and javascript all together you know it's it's uh, when you can do everything in one language and it's clean like that it's especially for really complex pages you know with with lots of logic and that typically is the type of thing I'm doing. Mm -hmm. So in that case, you know, an SPA and, and the Elm experience seems to make sense. 
I see. Oh, that's very convincing argument there, and I really like it. And uh, so let's move on to like I know we have used um, Elm in simple IoT project, and especially for the front end part, and um, uh, not only the open source project that we have uh, there, but you have deployed it in in several customer scenarios in real life products. So, uh, what would you like um, uh, our listeners to know about? Uh, use of Elm in Simple IoT project? So we chose Elm in the Simple IoT project, and it's worked out really well. I definitely think it's an excellent fit. But with Simple IoT, we have a fairly complex user interface where we have a lot of structured data. So the way the data is structured in Simple IoT, it's a tree of nodes. And these nodes can all have properties that can be updating in, in real time. And uh, the most recent work we've been doing is, is integrating Modbus functionality. So if you have a Modbus IO node, and depending on, you know, if it's a coil or a register or a discrete input, as you make those selections, then a bunch of other things change. So it's a very dynamic thing. And as you make selections, uh, things are changing. So th this is all worked out very well with Elm. I, you know, I think it's, it's been good. Mm -hmm. So, um, so if you were to talk about, you know, one or two points of your experience uh, using Elm, what would that be? Uh, especially in simple IoT context. Yeah. <laughs> I, I guess the, the no runtime exceptions has really held up. You know, I, I can't, Mm -hmm. You know, there's been a few bugs in, in in my code, but once once you get once you get it to compile, it generally just works, and that's you know that's that's a re really refreshing experience to not be spending lots and lots of time in the Elm cons or the JavaScript console in the browser. You know, mm -hmm. adding print statements. And the reliability has really held up, but I would say the other thing that really impresses me with Elm is the tooling. Mm -hmm. JavaScript tooling is 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 quite a quite a mess with npm and just hundreds and hundreds of packages that typically get pulled into a project mm -hmm. and you know elm there's a lot of packages too but um you know the elm compiler is basically all that you need it handles the packaging the compiling mm -hmm. and, and about everything so it's a very simple experience to build an elm project mm -hmm versus a traditional JavaScript project where you have Webpack or Parcel or some other very complex um, tooling. And the other thing, Elm, Elm builds extremely fast. So, you know, you make a change and, you know, the, in less, way less than a second, the whole thing's rebuilt and ready to test. Wow. Where a, a JavaScript project, you know, the bundlers are pretty smart about only compiling what changes, but if you have to build the entire thing, you know, it can take, mm. take minutes. It's like, it's like a, a big C++ project or something. I see. Um, so. Well, that's pretty neat. Um, so as you know, like in the front end programming, JavaScript is pretty much uh, the name in the town. So mm -hmm. um, does Elm interact with uh, JavaScript, JavaScript projects? And uh, if it does, then uh, could you explain a little bit of uh, how it does that? Yeah, so Elm has some restrictions. You can't really like call JavaScript directly from Elm. 
Uh, the only thing you can do is send data through ports. And th this has kind of been a point of contention for, for a lot of people. They think Elm should interact easier and be able to call JavaScript. Mm -hmm. So if, if you have a lot of JavaScript libraries that you want to use in your project, Elm may not be the best choice. It's, it's probably a better choice if you want to kind of develop a, a project that can be done mostly in Elm. But if you already have a JavaScript project, it's, it's relatively easy to just replace parts of it with Elm. Mm -hmm. And that's what we've been doing with one of our customer projects that's gotten pretty large. And we're, we're starting to add some really complex UI elements regarding notifications and scheduling and all that. So we've been writing those in Elm. And Elm has pretty good support for creating a, a component that you could then embed in like a React project. I see. So that's that's working well. So I'm sure that um, you know before um, jumping onto using Elm, you must have done some comparison or you know or looked at other frameworks out there, um, which basically are solving or used to solve similar problems. So could you talk about some of that experience as to how Elm compares to you know existing or maybe future technologies or uh, any of those? Yeah, we. Uh, I just. I've. I've done s several things over the years, but just recently, I did a little looking at the. Uh, there, there's a project out, out there called the Real World App, mm -hmm. and it's basically a back end that a bunch of people are writing different front ends for, and it's a way to evaluate front end frameworks. Mm -hmm. So the, the Real World, it, it's like a little blog type app where you can write articles. Mm -hmm. All the different frameworks out there, you know, Elm, React. There's a new one out there called Seed-RS, which is a Rust framework. Mm -hmm. And Vue, and you know, all, all the ones that there's, there's been implementations written. So it's, it's a nice way to compare different options. So one, one thing we did recently was compare Elm, Seed-RS, which I believe compiles to, to WASM, and then React Redux. And then just looked at the program size that was being downloaded into the browser to get an idea of how big of a, a blob of program was required with each one of these solutions. So the Elm, the Elm came in at 90 kilobytes. The React Redux came in at one megabyte. And the C-RS solution came in at 1.27 megabytes. So from there, you know, you can see that Elm is, is like a, a tenth of the size of React Redux, which really surprised me. But again, that mm. goes back to what I said earlier. You know, the bundle size of an Elm program, you have to write a lot, a lot of code to, to really make that big enough to, to be a concern. Mm. Wow, that's really uh, telling data there. Uh, yeah. There's... So I, I will post this to our community um, discourse forum if anyone wants to go look at details and, and add a link to the show notes. Sure. Yeah, I think that's really an um, interesting data point, and uh, uh, I think I'm pretty sure that a lot of people would like to yeah, take a look at it and maybe you know design their own front ends and see um, how they are pitted against each other. So that's really neat information in there. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Um, so uh, what is uh, like? Uh, I know that you know uh, Vasm is uh, uh, talked about technology in in, in in the industry today, and you know, you also played with it, uh, you know, with C.RS. Um, how do you see, like, you know, is Vasm the universal 
front end solution that like world is moving towards or you know where do you see this is it is right now in terms of uh, the technologies uh, yeah yeah that's it's an interesting question because it's there's definitely a lot going on there and uh, you know I, I really like rust I, I don't have experience with it yet but it seems like a, a great idea and compiling to something a little lower level than JavaScript to me seems like a good idea you know, more of like an assembly for the web versus, you know, a higher level language like JavaScript. So I, I was frankly very surprised that the C-RS, which compiles to WASM, came in it with such a large bundle. But it se the concept seems really interesting and seems like a good idea, but it may just be early in the implementation such that it's not quite as efficient as some other solutions. I know Elm has very aggressive dead code elimination, and they can do that because it's a statically compiled type language where the compiler knows everything about the what's going on, mm -hmm. and maybe eventually the uh, the WASM solutions will have better dead code elimination. And seems like it could potentially be more efficient. But anyway, you're you're in the compiler world. What do you see with WASM and all that? Yeah, I think um, Vasm, as you said, it is promising, um, but I think there is a lot, lot of work uh, that uh, is uh, ongoing, and I'm hoping that will bear some fruits for the community in 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 long run. Um, but I think it's uh, it's early to say, and definitely, you know, the fact that it is, um, you know, using technologies there where it will open up, you know, the programming space to, you know more than one languages and can like potentially become a de facto uh, standard for the web you know that would be really really uh, good for you know the industry in general but uh, remains to be seen i'm as skeptical as you when it comes to you know when it would um, be of that scale although if you look at you know in llvm and in uh, the areas where wasm backends are being implemented things are changing very rapidly uh, and they are implementing much uh, much more optimized code and um, and i think you know it will eventually improve uh, quite a bit but until then i think we'll always have you know many other technologies uh, complementing the space yeah uh, all right, so I think yeah. uh, what I will say is, uh, so if Elm is for front end, uh, then I guess Go is for the back end. Well, I, you know, I, I find them very complementary solutions. It's it's currently my preferred stack for solving problems. All right, and, and uh, you know, there's more to a language than just the programming paradigm. You know, functional, procedural, object oriented. You know, the values around the the language, the tooling. And as I, as I mentioned forward, it seems like functional programming is a good fit for the front end, and Go seems to be a plenty adequate fit for the back end right now. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, if something comes along and it, it has has the same values as Go, where the tooling is good, it's efficient, builds fast, it's reliable, you know, we, we may eventually look at something different there. But it's nice to have options. You know, we're always looking at what's coming out and, and yeah, things things are always changing. So, yeah. So I think uh, back end uh, go front end Elm. What more do we need? Um, but <laughs> on the lighter note, so every community of that they have a certain 
stamp of their own, uh, so to speak. So, for example, uh, you know, if you go to the Go language community, it is more about simplicity. Uh, if you go talk about Rust, you know, it's more about correctness and um, and similarly others, uh, they have their own little nuances. So uh, what do you see that in, in Elm uh, in this regard? Yeah, Elm is, is, is kind of a nice blend of simplicity mm -hmm. and efficiency and correctness too. It, it really seems to have hit a lot of important aspects without really compromising too much. Oftentimes, if you want one, you have to give on the other, but it seems like it has struck a, a very good balance. One thing I will say about Elm, I'm sure it's one of the easiest functional languages to learn, but it's it's still not like as simple as Go. You know, it's definitely, you know, simple doesn't necessarily mean easy. Right. But it's 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 worth the effort to learn, I believe. Mm -hmm. All right. So I think uh, before I uh, let you go, uh, Cliff, any any resources, any books, or any blogs that you would like uh, listeners to pay attention to when it comes to Elm. Well, there's a Elm Weekly newsletter that's pretty good. I, I learn a lot from that. Mm -hmm. The folks on the Elm Slack are extremely helpful. So if, if you want to learn Elm and you need help, there's there's always people there willing to help. Mm -hmm. And then there's a project called um, elmspa.dev, and it's kind of a, a tool to generate a skeleton for a Elm SPA application. And I've, I've learned a lot of Elm best practices from that. So I highly recommend that for scaffolding your, your Elm app. And um, we'll, we'll put links to all these in the show notes. So, Right, right. Yeah, thank you, Cliff. And um, uh, I hope, uh, you know, you found this, uh, you find this uh, useful. And uh, please let us know if you want to uh, know more about uh, or you want more episodes on this kind of content. And uh, thank you very much. Thank you, Cliff. Yeah, thank you, Tom.